Hey Church, I'm Morgan and this is Alana. For those who don't know, we have joined the youth team and we are loving spending time getting to know your kids. Shout out to 180 Youth. And for those kids who aren't already, we would love to see you at the church building every Friday evening at 7pm. We have such a great time. So, hopefully you already know, but today is Father's Day. We hope you are having so much fun with your dads. Let him tell you his best... Or worst... Dad joke. I love the egg jokes. They crack me up. Yes, but you see, you've got to be careful with eggs. They're sensitive and they can't take a yolk. Ultimately, today we can also celebrate our Lord and Saviour, who we can also call our Father. His love for us is unconditional, extravagant and so pure than we can ever imagine. That being said, we hope you enjoy the rest of the service and we're looking forward to seeing you all soon. Bye. Bye. Come on, and why do you love your dad? I love dad because he's always been there for me, like my rugby. And um, he just tries to be the best he can. He's like a great dad. I love my daddy because he tickles me and he gives me piggybacks every morning. And, and he's special to me because he loves me and I love him. Um, I love Dad because he's the best dad ever and he does everything for me and the boys. Because um, he, he always does things for me and when I go myself he gets a band aid. Because he's my dad, he takes me to my feet. Because I can wear clothes. Um, I love my daddy because he takes care of me and he lets me watch TV some Thursdays when Rose is at piano. I like I love my daddy because he's funny, and kind, and caring, and I like him playing with me all the time. I like Daddy because he is thoughtful, funny and caring and loving and I like playing golf with him. Eli, do you love your Daddy? Yes. Why do you love your Daddy? Bye-bye, Mommy. Bye-bye, Daddy. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're watching this. Hope this message finds you well. How are you doing? Um, and yeah, happy Father's Day. I'm recording this on Thursday, but you're going to be watching this on a, on a Sunday morning, which is going to be Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all fathers and to everyone. Happy Father's Day. And, and we thought, well, it's, it's Father's Day. Perhaps we should, I want to share a reflection on, on fatherhood and really share a reflection on the fatherhood of God. And what I call relating to God as Father. What it means for us to relate to God as Father. And I know for some of us, the idea or the word Father may not be, may have be, perhaps be a, an unpleasant experience. And for, for some of us, um, the idea of Father, our relationship with our fathers, uh, are quite pleasant experience. And irrespective of how we have experienced fatherhood or maleness or masculinity and all of that. I want to invite you to perhaps share this reflection with me today. Some of you, it may be a reminder. I hope it encourages all of us together. But just to consider what it means for us to relate with God or relate to God as Father. Because that's how God wants us to relate um, to him. We all pray in our prayer and say our Father. And, and that's a wonderful revelation of God to us in how he wants us to 
relate to him. And may I say to you that, that, that hey, the, 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 the idea of, of fatherhood is, is that our earthly fathers are not just, you know, the picture of God. Our earthly father do portray, yes, some essence of God to us, but, but God is the perfection of Father was our heavenly Father may be able to show us a glimpse of the fatherhood of God, but but God is the perfection of fatherhood. I'm going to read two texts in, in Scripture, and then I'm going to try and unpack those two texts for us by just uh, the, the reflection I'm going to share with us today. The first one is in um, uh, Luke chapter 11, Luke 11 from verses 11 to 13. It says, "What father among you, if your son asks for a fish?" will give him a snake instead of a fish. Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If then, although you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So, 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 so you see, we, if we who are in our sinfulness are able to give good gifts, how much more our Father in heaven, who is the perfection of fatherhood and perfection of goodness, give good give to us? There's a story I wanted to read to us, and this is in the story of the. The prodigal, the prodigal son, and which uh, Tim Keller will call the prodigal God. It's it's another fascinating story. We have two, these two brothers, and the the younger brother decided to go away and, and squander all his inheritance and, and did that. But then he came to his senses and go, oh, I need to go back to my father. Why am I suffering here? Well, my even the servants in my father's house are enjoying the inheritance in my father's house. And this is a story that Jesus told and to the disciples and to the multitude. And and the son um, came back to his senses and came back home. And and and. We pick it up from verse um, 20 where it says, So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way home, his father saw him and his heart went out. He ran and hugged his son and kissed him. Then he said, then he said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slave, Hurry, bring the best robe and put, him on, put it on him. Bring a, a ring for, on his finger, sandals for his face. Bring fattened calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate. Because this son of mine was dead, is now alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to Celebrate. What a beautiful picture. God being the perfection of fatherhood. God is the perfection of what it means to be a father. And we know that. We know that in Jesus. Now, Jesus began to pray because the disciple came to him and said to him, Hey, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And, and of course, of anything they could ask Jesus, the, the best they could ask him is teach us how to pray. But there's something fundamental and powerful revelation that we see in that question that the disciples asked Jesus. Because if I were to be asking Jesus anything, I'd probably ask for something different. I'd probably ask for where did God come from? Or I don't know. What, 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 what would you ask? But, but they ask, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And when Jesus was to teach them how to pray, Jesus began by saying, our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. Now, now to understand the context of this, I want to flash back to the Old Testament. You see, the picture of God we get in the Old Testament is the Lord your God. 
the, the Lord of Heaven's armies. There is never a single prayer in the whole testament that refers to God as Father. Every prayer and every uh, depiction of God in the Old Testament really speaks of God as the Lord of hosts. Yes, we see God being, I will be your God and you will be my people. We see relational language in the Old Testament, yes, but none of it ever spoke of God as Father. In the instances we get in maybe Isaiah or Jeremiah 3 or Isaiah 68, we're really just using Father as synonym for Creator. So, so, so Israel and the Jewish, they were really related to God as Father. For them, it was Yahweh. It's a name you couldn't even write in its full letters. And so, so for them, it was the Lord of hosts, the Lord your God, the, the Lord of heaven's army, even though there are relational language there. But then, can you imagine when, when the time Jesus was to speak and was to teach us how to pray and teach us how to connect with the Father, just how to talk to, the, to God, he says, our Father in heaven. Now, just imagine how the Jewish leaders must have heard this. Uh, Jesus, what are you saying? You're saying that you are the Son of God? Because if God is a father, it means he has a son. And if he has a son, it means the son is one with the father. And if the son is one with the father, at least in their understanding of how this works, it means that the son is the very essence of the father. And if the son is the very essence of the father, the son is God. So for the Jewish leaders, that logic would have sent them completely, that, that would have been a, a sacrilege. Or why would you ever speak to God as Father in such familiar language? That, that wouldn't be, that, that wasn't part of the dictionary. They, of course, they related to God, but, but God as Father, that was a whole different thing for them. For, but Jesus, being the Son of God, invite us, and he's saying that God wants to relate to us, and God is relating to us, and God will relate to us as Father. The Bible speaks of Jesus being the Son of God, and, and the, the New Testament writers write of Jesus as saying, a writer of God as saying that, that the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who well, of course we know uh, the idea of the Godhead, where God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we know that God the Father didn't die on the cross, but God the Son did, but God the Father, through the power of God the Spirit, raised God the Son from the dead, and so that we can have access to God the Father. And so Jesus is the very essence of the revelation of God as Father to us. In but there was a time Philip um, said to Jesus in, in one of the stories in John, said to Jesus, oh, um, Jesus, just show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. Just show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. And, and Jesus said to Philip, hey, I've been with you all this while. I've been journeying with you. I've been speaking to you. I've been... Jesus is saying, if you sin me, you sin the Father. Because I and the Father are one. So, so, so the idea of God being the perfection of fatherhood may seem quite strange and out there, but, but in reality, we see that manifested to us in Jesus. The fatherhood of God is made manifest to us in Jesus. And I think that is something of we never need to forget, obviously. We need to constantly remind ourselves of that. Yes, God is not a picture of our earthly father. God is the perfection of what it means to be father. So how does it look like? And, and how do we even unpack that for, for ourselves as we think about what it means for, for Jesus to reveal the father to us and invite us to relate to God as 
Father. I'll give you four things that, that might help us to reflect on this morning. And, and, and don't forget, it's, this is a reflection, and I'm hoping that you will take this reflection and also spend some time to reflect for yourself and also think about it, especially those of us who are fathers out there. The first thing is that it's about access. The fatherhood of God revealed in Jesus and we relating to God as Father is about access, eternal access. Now, the Bible speaks in Galatians and in Romans 8 and Galatians 4 that, that the Spirit, we have received the Spirit of God by which we cry, Habba Father. So, so the idea of Habba Father is not that we can call God Daddy. Yes, calling God Daddy is nice and it feels very, very personal. Yes, but, but the real essence of being able to call God Habba Father is that we have access to him. In Jesus, we share in the inheritance that God the Son has invited us into. We share in the life of God the Father. We have access to God. And we can relate to him and he can relate to us as Father in Jesus. It's not just about access, it's also about justice. And that may sound strange to some of you, understanding God as Father or relating to God as Father. It's not just about we have access to Him, we can relate to Him. It's just about justice. And by justice, I mean right relationships. See, oftentimes we think of justice as a correction of wrong. But if you think about it, the why we need to correct wrong was because relationships were not right in the first place. And the idea of justice as right relationship is also even reflected in the fatherhood of God. I mean, I mean the Psalm, Psalm 68 speaks of God as the, the father of the fatherless and the defender of widow. Micah 6 um, invites us to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly before God. The entire Ten Commandments that was revealed to the children of Israel is really about right relationships, relationship with God, relationship with self, relationship with the world out there. So, so, so when we think about God, or us relating to God as Father, or God Father relating to us as, as, I mean, God relating to us as Father, it's about access that we now have by the power of the Spirit in Jesus. It's about justice, which, by which I mean right relationship. But it's not just about access and justice, it's also about providence. And that's a very big word, providence, a very theological word. But, but I, I, one of my favorite scripture of all time, Romans 8, uh, all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose, Romans 8, 28. Now, even in that particular scripture, we see God being, he's seen ahead of us. He knows all things. He is, he is all-knowing. All powerful. He is gone before us. He is with us in the very moment, in every situation we've been through. Imagine all of your mistakes, all of your missteps, all of your whatever. You, you put them all together, your wins and your failures and successes, everything. Pack them all together. And I can tell you that God is working everything out for your good. Your good. And that's what it means for God to be relating to us as Father. He's working it out for your good. Providence is saying it all and he's working it out for my good, your good, our good. 
Isn't that amazing? So, so it's not just that, you know, relating to God as Father and we and Jesus Christ showing us and reflecting to us God as the perfection of fatherhood. It's not just about access or about justice or about providence. It's also about wholeness. Just think about it. That, that God is putting us back together. Even in the times when he feels as if he's correcting us or in times when he feels as if he's pruning us. On a time when we feel that we're going through a process that may actually feel so hard and so difficult, is providential care. In that providential care of the Father, He's putting us back together into wholeness. Just imagine how beautiful that picture is of God the Father, who we have access to, who is a just God, a just Father. He is a just father because he can take care of all of us. He doesn't have to have favoritism with him. He loves us all, and he has a capacity for that. See, you don't have the capacity to love everyone, but God does. He is the perfection of fatherhood. And in it, we'll find wholeness. In relationship with him, we find wholeness. In relating to him as father, he makes us whole, putting us back together piece by piece, in the power of the Spirit, so we become more like Jesus. So you see, um, the fatherhood of God is not about toxic masculinity or um, what have you. It's not about gender, male, female. Of course, in the Old Testament, there are pictures of God as uh, female um, imageries of God. But, but really, ultimately, the reality of God as a father is that God is a spirit. And God being a spirit means that we are invited to relate to the Father in spirit and in truth. God, your Father, inviting you to relate to him as Father. I, I see myself as a product of God's providential care and this providential love. I see myself as a product of God's justice because of his fatherly care over creation. And, and that's why you and I can trust him, because he is dependable. Two words kind of put all that together for me, um, and I hope it helps you uh, put this together. One of that is everlasting. In, in Isaiah 9, when the revelation of, of the son, the, 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 the uh, version of Jesus was, was given to the prophet Isaiah, one of the language that the, and all the names that, that was used to describe the coming of Isaiah is, is that, he, that the, the, the government of the earth shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called mighty God, an everlasting father. The, the, the idea of God being an everlasting father in the, in the four pictures I've just, I've just tried to paint for you is that God is never diminished. God the Son coming onto earth and revealing the Father to us in what we call the incarnation, God being man and man now carrying the image of God in Jesus, God the Father is never diminished. Even on the cross of Calvary and, and in the grave and in the resurrection, God the Father is everlasting, never diminished. He is from eternity past to eternity future going to remain God, your Father. Imagine that kind of father, consistent, always there, ever there. But I don't want an everlasting father who is not kind. I don't want an everlasting father who is not faithful. I don't want an everlasting father who is not 
loving. I don't want an everlasting father who has no providence. I don't want an everlasting father who is not putting him back together in wholeness. No, I'm sure you don't want that kind of everlasting father either. So the other word that kind of captures this for me is the word benevolent. God is an everlasting benevolent father. The, the very essence that God is good. See, this goodness is just not in the way that we talk about goodness of, you know, um, God cannot lie, God cannot cheat, what else? Um, whatever you think God cannot do. Yes, all those things are true in terms of the goodness of God. But, but how about this picture? God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. In the inner life of the Godhead, there is a goodness that, that is an eternal benevolence that exists within the Godhead. Father, Son, and Spirit. There is an eternal goodness that exists within them. And in Jesus, you and I have been invited to participate in the goodness of the Godhead. That is the essence of what it means for us to relate to God as Father. We are participating in the goodness that exists in the community of God. That is a beautiful picture. There is an eternal goodness, an eternal reality of God the Father, Son, and Spirit. Now, we don't know the inner life of the Father. There is only a glimpse of that we get in Scripture. But we know the outer workings of the Godhead in Scripture. Yes. And you and I... In the Son, I've been invited to participate in that eternal goodness. So I can speak of God as the eternal, benevolent Father. Now, for many of you, this is going to be encouraging. I hope so. I hope it's encouraging. Of course, for some of us, it's a reminder that, that yes, we still serve an awesome God who is our heavenly Father, who has given us access, who is about justice, who is about is a providential God and his providential care is looking out for us, working it for our good ultimately, and is putting us together as whole. That is a beautiful picture. So here's the thing I'd like you to reflect on as you go into your week and as um, just enjoy the Father's Day today of this Father's Day weekend. So think about it, the idea of us being invited to participate in the goodness that exists in the Godhead. I am coming to the increasing conclusion that it takes community to experience the fullness of God as Father. I'll say that again. It takes community to experience the fullness of God as Father. It takes us understanding how God is relating to me, and I'm watching how God the Father is relating to my brother and my sister. It takes me seeing how God is relating to somebody, because me alone, this personal relationship that I have, I can only see know so much of the Father. But as I see him relating to other brother and other sister and, and my moms and, and dads, and, and see him relating to children, and I see how God and how all of us together are portraying uh, the picture of, of God together, we, as a community, experience the fullness of God as Father. It takes community, the community of God's people, 
to experience the fullness of God as father. My mom and dad separated when I was three years old. So, so I never grew up with my dad. I spent a lot of time with my mom. But everything I learned about the fatherhood of God, I learned from my mom. I learned from my mom and how she relates in the community of God's people, how she relates to men and women and children, and, and how she relates in business, and how she relates in life. I see that the, the portrayal of God the Father in our relationship, which left an everlasting imprint on me, on what it is to, for God to be my father. Now, I'm not saying, uh, please don't get me wrong, every child needs a father. I, I, I totally get that. Uh, uh, but for me, I learned a whole lot about the fatherhood of God from my mom as she relates in community. Now, I could go on and on and, and, and develop this thought, but, but for the purpose of this morning, I, I want to invite you to think about that a little bit. Maybe, maybe get back into scripture and see what this idea that, that it takes community to actually experience and enjoy the fullness of God as father. It takes community to do that because we have been invited into the community of the Godhead. Father, Son, Spirit. So, to all fathers out there, may you live in the fullness of the fatherhood of God. May you portray the fullness of the fatherhood of God. So everyone out there, may we live in the fullness of the fatherhood of God. To those of us who have had an unpleasant experience of father or maleness, may God give you, by spirit, give you a fresh experience of the fatherhood of God, as I've been talking about it today, as I, as I reflect in scripture. May God give you a fresh experience of God, the Father. May our community, our church community, Grace of the Church, be portray, be, a, be in the fullness of what it means to experience God as Father. May we increasingly portray to the world around us the fullness of God as Father. May he not just be God, my Father. May he be God, our Father. For Jesus Christ resurrected in John, towards the end of the book of John, and it was, I think around John 17, he was ascending to heaven. He, he said to the to the, uh, the first people who saw him, he said to them, uh, go tell my brothers that I am, I am now going to my God and your God, to, to my Father and your Father. There is, there is a sense in which we're inviting the community in that. So pray for all of us as a church. In all the process we've gone through, in all the highs and lows we've been through, God's got us. He's watching over us in his providential care. And he is a father who is ever consistent and he loves us beyond measure. So may you, may I, may we live in the fullness of what it means to relate to God as Father. Stay safe. Love you.